Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got a tiny little three-game slate to choose from here on a Thursday night in the NBA. In this one, we are taking a look at the Portland Trailblazers at home versus the Nets, continuing to struggle over their last couple games on the road. Also have another game video and our player props video up for you today, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us each and every weekday of this regular season. Also head to thelines.com. Nate and gang have great written content up there for you guys all season long, including our great odds finder tool where you can go ahead and make sure you're shopping those lines to the best of your ability across those U.S. sportsbooks, getting the best juice available there. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this little three-game slate and then talk Nets and Blazers. Yeah, this is the only one with the close line here. Nets are plus two and a half at Portland, opened uh, closer to a pick and then uh, Portland's been gaining a little bit of steam, but not as much as you'd expect. Then we got Spurs plus seven at the Kings, totals creeping up all the way to 237 and a half there. And Pistons are plus nine and a half at the Clippers. That total's also been bet up to 217 and a half. Uh, Paul George is uh, questionable for that one, so that will have a huge impact. Kate Cunningham, of course, still out for the Pistons. Looking at the Nets, Blazers here. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, we were pretty confident about the Kings beating the Nets after they lost to the Lakers. Quite a uh, dubious distinction there and but we weren't really sure what to make of the total because they had been playing such good defense until they sputtered against the Lakers and but we kind of looked at it like the honeymoon phase is over with Jacques Vaughn they might get back to who they are in terms of their personnel did not see that beatdown coming uh 153 points the most the Kings have scored since 1985 they had 23s they had 66 paint points, and once again, Brooklyn couldn't get a rebound to save their life. 43-29 to 29 disadvantage on the boards. This is exactly the type of problems we saw under Steve Nash. Jacques Vaughn taking over was more of a Band-Aid than a full uh, stitch job, I guess, if you will. And, I mean, you got to look at this as some of the makings of a team just quitting on the floor when you gave up that many points. And then you get what Kevin Durant says after the game. Um, just to reiterate, he lists everybody by full name in the starting lineup. What, you want Joe Harris, me, Royce O'Neal, uh, Nick Claxton, uh, and, and you want Ed, us to win games? Call Ed Sumner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, left somebody out there. Uh, just completely throwing his teammates under the bus and saying, like, these guys aren't good and and I'm out here, you know, a couple, I think a week after saying something like, look, if you're going one on five, you're going to turn the ball over, meaning that he gets no help on offense right now. Kyrie still suspended for this game. He might return to the team on Sunday is the word. But I, I mean, the Nets are whew, it, it is getting late early here. Uh, it, you know, they're probably going to wait and see how things gel when Kyrie gets back in there. But if they don't look any better um i think we might actually see kevin durant shopped on the market here which is an interesting case and and portland was one of the teams that were in the mix for durant this this offseason and they would have gotten a lot more interest uh in futures markets if they had picked him up here uh but as it stands they're flying under the radar and doing just fine uh 11 and 3 against the spread and they are one of our favorite teams to bet on uh, got them at the Pels last week on the money line, and they go ahead and just win. 
Um, their defense is is great. The sixth sixth in defensive rating. It's just a complete opposite from the Portland teams we've seen over the last decade, right? Where it's pace, pace, score, score, uh, play no defense because we have you know we were because of our roster construction and uh, right. Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart, Yusuf Nurkic all playing great individual defense, and, and um, the Pacers have slowed it down. Twenty eighth in pace, much more deliberate. They, they seem to be built. To have success in the in the playoffs now, um, you look at home though they they do, do trend to play higher scoring games. Um, they played a little bit faster on the road, but at home much more efficient. So scoring one hundred fifteen point seven versus just one hundred five on the road, uh, and their defensive rating is five points worse at home. Um, the games are totaling two twenty nine, and you got a two twenty total here. I would definitely be interested in Portland's team total first and foremost after what the Kings did here. And and then looking, yeah, I would lean towards the over in general here. Portland and the over seems like a fine parlay. Uh, I don't know why odds makers are expecting things to change like two nights later. This is the last game of the road trip for the Nets. They know Kyrie's probably coming back when they get home. There's no reason to for them to be galvanized here to especially I, I I mean I guess they could react to KD's yeah. comments positively to be like let's show him we we can play uh but I, I mean they defensively there's just not a lot of good personnel out there right now um and offensively there's just way too much on Durant's shoulders I don't see how they beat this really good Blazers team I, I'm chuckling to myself thinking about Ed Sumner in the in the mirror, like, all right, man, we're going to show them what we're made of. Like, it's not fair, dude. It, it's not fair to KD. I mean, he's he doesn't handle it well. I mean, his comment was also like charged with um, re, sort of like defense against why he he was requesting a trade originally. And so that was a part of his response was I was requesting a trade because who did you think was going to get blamed when exactly what I thought was going to happen happened? And we're six and nine and we can't play defense. And I have the highest usage rate of anybody not named Luka Doncic right now. Uh, and, and I can't you know, I, I can't do it all by, by myself. Um and truly, he he has to do it all by himself at this point after Kyrie. I mean, he's averaging 30 a game right now. KD is um, with pretty good splits, man. 52 percent, 35 from three, um, you know, almost 10 free throw attempts a game. Uh, still diming people up with five assists, six and a half boards, like two blocks a game, a steal a game. He's doing everything. Kyrie's averaging 27 a game in the eight games he's played. Nick Claxton is your next highest score at 11 and a half a game. Royce O'Neal's at 10 a game. Seth Curry's under 10 a game. Cam Thomas, Edmund Summer, Joe Harris. Anybody in that, that the, the last three, especially Seth Curry, uh, Cam Thomas, Joe Harris, there's no offense coming from those guys. So like, what do you, what do you, what do you expect from this team right now? They're, they're bad on defense, but they're like, they're not as bad as we, you know, when, when they were the hardened Kyrie KD nets and you just go look at every single defensive stat and be like, Jesus, they're not even trying. They're happy to win 130 to 122. And now it's not even the same thing. It's just a matter of, they can't, they're not good on defense, but they're not actually as bad as they've been. They just, they also can't score the ball. And what you said about John, Vaughn is entirely right. That was entirely my point as well. You brought it up first where you were like, oh, man, I don't know this Kings game. I think that this is a this is a clear Kings win. I'm going to go ahead and make make clear that like you were saying, I'm going to make clear that like I'm I'm telling you that the Nets this is a this is a fluke, right? Like since Jock Vaughn took over, nicer defensive rating, playing a little bit more efficiently uh, and, and with better pace. Um, but those wins that he's had uh, were against Chicago and uh, excuse me, against the Knicks at home uh, and against the uh, the uh, Charlotte Hornets, Washington 
Washington Wizards and the Clippers uh, on the road, right? And then they've they've lost a bunch of games to good teams. All those teams I just said, I'm not I'm not a fan of. I mean, beating Chicago at home was kind of a rally around Jacques Vaughn kind of game, as that was the first game uh, that they played after uh, Steve Nash left. And then you know they they, they excuse me they lost that game. They beat the Knicks who. I'm not really sure what to make of that team yet. We'll see. I'm waiting for Tibbs to get fired. But the other teams that they lost to, that they beat are bad. The teams that they lose to are good. This team is good, and Portland needs to start getting that respect, right? I mean, the the first starting point we talk about is Brooklyn can't rebound. You said that in the Kings game. Dead last in rebound percentage this season now overall. Um, and then, you know, from there, it's it's what you said. It's it's the team that, that they finally constructed around Dame that we've been waiting for. Jeremy Grant is the piece that we've been waiting for. Shaden Sharp, Justice Winslow, even Josh Hart. These are perfect players to play alongside Dame that he never had. Even when you look at the comparisons for the guys that were playing around him, like a Norman Powell, maybe somewhat comparable to a Josh Hart in like an undersized rebounding guard, not the same. Josh Hart's getting those boards, getting, you know, getting the the, the sloppy points and, and all the sort of dirty work. And then so is Justice Winslow. I mean, all, all those guys you mentioned, Nurk's got a, a defensive rating individual of like 107. Shaden Sharp, 105. Justin, Justice Winslow, 104. And everybody else, uh, Jeremy Grant um, and, and even Anthony Simons, all have uh, defensive ratings under 110. The only guy in the starting lineup in, in, in the rotation is Dame, who's, you know, like at 113. Um, but he's doing Dame stuff, man. And that's they're off. All their offensive numbers are like literally Dame's numbers, right? It's like it's just the, the personality of Dame. They're seventh in true shooting. They get to the free throw line the fourth most times. Uh, they're eighth in qu- fourth quarter scoring. They're fifth in three-point percentage. They turn the ball over an ass ton, <laughs> and they shoot. Uh, right now, they're they're shooting in the bottom five in terms of field goal attempts because that pace is a lot slower, like we said. But game time really is everything we just said. Three-point percentage, getting to the rim, turning the ball over an ass ton right now as he's still sort of getting back into the shape of things and is pretty sloppy as this team has the second-highest turnover percentage in the league. But everything they're doing on defense is for real, dude, and, and, and that's really what it comes down to. Last year, 12th in terms of – or I'm sorry, third-worst opponent three-point percentage right this year they've dropped it all the way down um and are finally in uh, like the top 10 essentially in three opponent three-point percentage and that's all because of those dudes i just said that they didn't have last year starting with dame but then also obviously uh all, all the winslows uh and the jeremy grants and the josh hart so um i, I prefer an over in this game because but i don't know if the nets are going to come along for the scoring so to your point uh if you're t- t- touching a total here go ahead and feel great about the the, the blazers team total but at the end of the day it, odds makers have this wrong and and kevin durant is the only reason the fact that he's stepping on the floor for Brooklyn tonight is the only reason this thing is not above five or six points. Yeah. And there's a non-zero chance that Kevin Durant has a made up injury and just straight up doesn't play after what he said now uh, last night. You know, I mean, that's maybe the best way to treat this from a, from a standpoint of like, all right, fresh start with Kyrie uh, when he comes back. But I mean, then, then you'd be obviously sitting really pretty with the Blazers bet. Uh, I think you're just fine. Otherwise, Durant has been getting all that defensive attention. He's not lying when he says that. He's failed to score 30 in six of his last seven now. Um, and in four straight matchups against Jeremy Grant, who's a, you know a decent matchup for him at, at 6'11", rangy guy who can make it slightly difficult, I would look at the under at his 30 and a half points here. Uh, because the Nets just might not be competitive like last time. I mean, he definitely could have got there against the Kings, but it was over. Um, So it's going to be interesting in our player props to look at how this game shakes out when you try to project that. I I think you are much safer taking the Blazers team total over here, uh, which, you know, it's below their average. If if we got a 220 total, 
They're probably about 112 yeah. on a team total, and they're averaging 116 at home. The key, it, it, when you talk about free throws, allowing the fourth fewest for Portland, I mean, that's the only way Brooklyn was scoring. In that Kings game, they went 30 for 33 at the line, KD 11 for mm-hmm. 11. If they're not getting free throw attempts consistently, if Nurk is able to protect that paint without fouling, they're in trouble. Defensively, they're 27th in three-point defense, so that obviously puts you in trouble against Dame and Anthony Simons. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, I worry that Portland runs away with this one. I think that's a much more likely outcome than that the Nets are suddenly fighting uh, real hard in the last game of this road trip. Yeah, I got I got to concur entirely. There's it's, it's two teams still just one team sliding uh, in, in the nets uh, and one team that's actually on a surge a little bit and has actually gotten better uh, on offense. Uh, we mentioned they've, they've got the 12th offensive rating in the league this year over their last five, uh, especially because Dame's been heating up and been playing. Um, they are sixth in that offensive rating. He, he missed a few games, as we know, um, and then came back out. So since he's been back out, <laughs> back to sixth uh, in, in offensive rating, uh, still with a, a second slowest pace in the league so they're not there it's this isn't some weird fluky uh run and gun and just try to outscore the teams that they're playing as we've seen in the past gotta believe in the blazers right now uh sitting at 11 and 3 on or excuse me uh 12 and or 10 and 4 in the season 11 and 3 against the spread so and then we get to this game pistons plus nine at the clippers i saw it plus nine and a half for a minute we'll see where it settles uh and that total has been bet up two points to 217 and a half I mean, I'm scared to take an over against the Clippers. I think that's kind of silly uh, in general. It's they I mean they're 12 and three to the under this season, and um, the exceptions are kind of. I mean, they are that their latest one was against the Rockets, though, which is a very similarly built team to the Pistons in that they suck. Uh, they're one of the two <laughs> worst teams in the NBA. Uh, the Pistons have the worst point differential. Um, and they're going to be without Cade Cunningham here. In addition to our guy, Beef Stew and Corey Joseph is questionable. Um, interestingly, they haven't really been much worse without Cade in a 12 game sample since the start of 2022. I mean, they are two and 10, so the, the win percentage is lower, but same offensive rating, a little bit of faster pace, um, and hitting more threes. So, I, I mean, there is a case to be made for the over. I see why it's gaining a little bit of steam at such two at two fifteen. <clears throat> uh, I'm not going to trust the Pistons though to score against this LA defense, and LA is dead last in points per game. Even after ramping it up their last eight or so, they're still dead last. They've they've increased from 103 and a half to 105. Uh, they've increased their free throw rate from 29 to 23rd. Uh, I will say though that if Paul George is out. He's questionable with a hand injury. I think the Clippers' defense suffers a lot more than its offense. I think that's been where he's been most valuable the last couple of years, Um, surprisingly. I mean, he does put up those offensive numbers from time to time, but he's kind of inconsistent, really dependent on the three-point shot right now. And But defensively, um, when he sits, their their defensive rating jumps from 110 to 114, and their offensive rating also goes up. This is since January. They're 12 and 14 in those games. The Clippers. Um, so, I mean, honestly, it, it's kind of a scary game to bet. We're choosing from two games with large spreads, aside from that Blazers game that we really like the Blazers in. Um, I do like Boyan Bogdanovich to hit a few threes here. He's only getting two and a half is his prop. Uh, he has lit up the Clippers his last two. 
will say the Pistons have a rest advantage here that's pretty key. Um, and they're two and one against the spread with that rest advantage. They they've been off since Monday, where they played the Raptors pretty tough without Cade. Uh, that's and that's impressive. That's a similar matchup you get against the Clippers, right? Kind of those long wings and, and great defensive team. Only lost by four. Um, so I definitely lean towards the Pistons covering here. If you can get it all the way up at plus ten, I think that's fine. I I mean the the Clippers aren't really blowing doors off anybody. This season, uh, of course, Kawhi is not playing. If PG is not playing, then you're, you're sitting pretty good here. Um, Luke Kennard is doubtful as well, and their three-point rate it percentage is just far, far worse without him. I mean, he's their one sniper right now. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, Jay Nivey, yeah, I guess we got to talk about is <laughs> Kate Cunningham's out, but Jay Nivey is, is the goods. Uh, and he's got 26 against the Celtics, 21 against the Raptors. This is why they brought him in to be, you know, to, to pick things up when Katie's either on the bench or he's injured or to, to just, you know, share some of the ball handling responsibilities. And he's up to it. Uh, you know, he's a guy who grew up as a coach's kid, right? And is just a really savvy basketball player, kind of a, a Jalen Brunson East right now. Uh, and, and, I, th- I trust Brunson's in the East now, to baby. keep the uh, Pistons, you know, close enough in this one and, and cover 10 points. Yeah. A friendly reminder, you don't have to bet every game in the NBA <laughs> because, th- I mean, if you want to watch it, then fine. Uh, but the, the Pistons are feisty. I mean, it's it's weird. Like they're one and five, one, five and one really against the spread as an away underdog. They're failing to cover against the spread by like seven points in those instances, getting beat by an average of 15 points a game. Um, Interestingly enough, the dubs also are getting beat by 15 points a game on the road as a way uh, underdogs. But so just to, just to, to tell you how bad they are right now, Detroit, I, I like, you know, Cade, I like, I don't hate the offense when Cade's in it, when they have Cade, Jaden uh, and Bojan all all playing at the same time. They're even and, and even you know even guys like Isaiah Stew, Beef Stew, who we love. Um, you know they, they help in in that sense, like having a formidable offense. That is not going to be the case tonight. I, I could it, it, it screams under even at like two seventeen. I think it's at two sixteen and a half right now on most books. Like it still screams under to me. Uh, th- this this LA. Uh, Clippers team like they that's all they have that's that's all they do is play defense uh and hustle and and, and are in the top 10 and, and pretty much most res- you know important categories uh on defense in the NBA right now the only thing that they're actually allowing at a really weird rate is their opponents to score off of turnovers and and that's because of the fact that they they are turning the ball over so 20 points a game off of turnovers but um if you consider what the Pistons are doing that's not really how they score either they're not exactly um getting out into transition and and, and causing um you know, those fast break points for themselves uh, to the degree that that you would need to really be able to take advantage uh, of this L.A. team, which is the the main way that teams, I think, have, like I said, taken advantage. They're still not really giving up a ton of points uh, on off the fast break either. So they are getting back. Like I said, the hustle has been there, right? Like if you look at a lot of the the hustle stats for the Clippers, it's just a a sort of blue collar team um, trying to just go to work each day with their workman's hats on because it's it's like six dudes scoring in double digits. And then one of them named Paul George is above 20 points a 
game, right? And so the, the usage rate uh, is pretty pretty even across the board. There's not really like this the, the, a go-to, as, as we well know. Um, the three-point percentage is awful. Uh, it, it's really bad for them right now. Um, you know, Luke Kennard, yeah, he's shooting in the high 40s. He's, he's averaging, you know, three threes a game. That's not what you need from a, a three-point shooter. So there's just no pace and space. Um, there, there's no, there's not, there's a lack of three-point attempts. There's a lack of, like I said, everything that's caused by being clogged all over the floor uh, for them. It, it's really what the issue is. It's been a lot of, um, you know, Chris Paul, or excuse me, Chris Paul, Paul George um, playing pretty, pretty good on defense. Once again, as we know, he's always capable of doing uh, and and leading that transition for them when they are able to score. So I, I don't really want to touch. Uh, I wouldn't really pick LA in this game to cover such a large spread. I think if you're going with Detroit, you're going with a sort of stars out bets up kind of scenario where they're happy to just let guys cook. They're coming into this game with no expectations, similar to how I'm going to go play golf this weekend. Haven't played in like a month. So I have no expectations. Maybe I'll be pretty good. That's kind of what I'm looking at here for Detroit is we don't expect to win this game. Um, but if we can put up a few points and at least stop this really anemic offense for the Clippers, then, you know, we can, we can cover it. We can keep this under 10 points. Yeah. And they just stayed within 10 points against the Celtics two games ago. Like I mentioned, Jay Ivey yeah. leading the way with 26 if you can hang with the Celtics, who I guess this is my uh, forced segue to say, number one in our power rankings on the lines.com, Boston looking good kid, crushed the Hawks last night dude. without Marcus Smart good, or Brogdon, and good Lord, they're they're terrifying. So if, they, if you can stay within 10 points against uh-huh. them, uh, I think you can within the lowest scoring team in the league. I mean, especially if PG's out or, you know, not necessarily – going to go hard in this game because they are expected to win. And, and, you know, it's a long season. He's carrying a long, a large load here. I'm not sure if something's wrong with Reggie Jackson in terms of his health, but I would definitely be interested in his props here. Either way, when they come out, I mean, I think they're going to wait on the status of George before they release them. He was about 14 and a half points last game. Got over that against the Rockets. Also enjoys playing against the Pistons, his former team averages 19 uh, six and five in four meetings with the Clippers since since he's since he's been playing against the Pistons um, in that's in those last four games. So I, I would look for Reggie to have a pretty good game here. But other than him, I mean, and Norman Powell, like who's creating offense for the Clippers? Like what's what's their path for just blowing past anybody? Even even the the twenty eighth scoring defense in the league right now. Uh, the Pistons should be able to hang around. If, if they can get to the free throw line, they are number one in that department. They're also ninth in offensive rebounds. So if it is kind of a mucky game and you're saying the Clippers are a blue-collar team, the Pistons should be able to do enough to, to, to hang yeah. in there. And we just saw them do that with the Raptors. Right. Again, really similar to the Clippers in my mind. So I think they hang within single digits. Yes. No, I fully agree because, I mean, also the, the lack of points – it, it does. It's like, to your point, like you, you can't beat a team by 10 points. If you score 95, it's just not very likely that you're going to hold an NBA team to under 90 points in today's NBA. Right. So the, the recipe for a blowout is that the, the clips have to score like 110. And I don't see that happening as, as we talk about at home, 101.6 points per game. I mean, they're scoring 108 on the road. Also really freaking bad, dude. But at home, um, you know, three and four t- uh, total right now at home, just straight up um, with, you know, at, at shooting just awful, awful at, at home. Six point percentage points worse from deep, four points, uh, four percentage points worse just overall from the field, worse from the free throw line, actually getting more free throw attempts on the road. Like who does that, right? Like you always get the calls at home. It's not 
now they have four more uh, free throw attempts on the road than they do at home. It's just it's just a really gross looking offense. They get more they get some offensive rebounds and rebounds at home or at, on the road. They do not board uh, at home like I'm saying here. So everything just leads you to go slower pace. They're not going to turn the ball over as much at home, but they're not going to get re- like I, just it, I like an under. I still do like this this reeks of like 101 to like 93 or something like that, and that still gets you inside that 10 points, and you can still feel really good uh, about going under 217 from an offense that is just just so bad uh, in a team that I still think is probably going to win in the Clips, but if they do, they're still, like I said, they're not getting to 110. So You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first play, a prop for tonight. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Trey Young getting shut down. The Hawks didn't score for like six minutes in the fourth quarter there against the Celtics, and then they broke that snide with Trey Young hitting an awful step back, too, with his foot on the line. Uh, just have to throw that out there. C's looking good, kid. Uh, the Nets are in danger of being blown out once again, so it makes me lean towards Anthony Simons more than Damian Lillard. Uh, we saw when Dame missed his first game and the Blazers just crushed the Rockets, but I think Simons had seven threes by halftime in that game. Yep. So if, yep. if we can see something like that again, I feel good about plus 115 for him to hit four. He's hit five threes in three straight games at a 44% clip. Uh, and that's what he does at home. Uh, you know, basically since January this season, 4.7 threes at a 44% clip. Uh, he had 23 points last time against Brooklyn, despite going two for 11 from deep, which is out of character for him. His prop at 20 and a half points. Don't mind that either. As we mentioned in the game video, the Nets are coming off a historically bad defensive performance. Gave up 23s, 66 paint points on the season. They allow the second most threes to shooting guards and the ninth most points to shooting guards. Not much else to say here. Um, I mean, it's a team that looks like they could be quitting or at least might pack it in to end this road trip uh, and hope to get things back together once they get back home. But man, they, they just, the wheels fell off in that last game. Yeah. They, they fell clean off, man. Um, by the second quarter. Yeah. If you're not going to play defense, it doesn't really matter uh, what happens. I mean, Simons is averaging 22 and a half a game this season. He, he's really, he's learned to play with Dame. Like last season, it was like Dame's out. Simons over 20 points. Simons over three or four threes made like, just hit it. Let's get it. Um, but you know, this year you can still bank on him doing all that stuff with Dame in the lineup. Like I said, averaging not only the, you know, the 22 points a game, it's also the, the, the run that he's getting uh, same amount of time. Same, actually leading the team in minutes at 36 a game uh, and still being putting up, you know, about 10 three-pointers a game. So Dame's not limiting his ability to get his touches. He is the second banana 
2-1-B, if you will, 2-A to the Jeremy Grant 2-B. Either way, I love this team. Uh, I love the fact that there's a lot of guys you have to guard now, and that, that's opening things up for Simons big time. So I'm going to move on. Both my props, big spoiler here, are, are Detroit Pistons, and they're both based on the fact that Cade Cunningham is not playing tonight um, uh, against uh, that uh, the Clippers team that we have a, a video about as well. Boyan Bogdanovich going to him. I haven't talked about my fantasy team in a while. He's doing great <laughs> stuff for us there. Uh, he's uh, two and a half threes for him over that is even money, about plus 105 uh, on DK there. His, he likes playing against the Clips. Uh, you know, his last two versus the Clips, 21 and a half a game, 15 for 21 from the field uh, and 10 for 12 from three. That's over two games, dude. So 71% from the field. And what's that like 90%, uh, 89% from three. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about it. His home road splits, there's not much there, uh, pretty much the same. He plays, he shoots a little bit better on the road, scoring about the same amount, 20 a game or so, uh, wherever he's playing. He does shoot a few fewer threes, and interestingly enough, without Cade Cunningham in there, he also makes less threes. Um, not super surprising. Cade's a great distributor, uh, and Boyan's obviously doing a lot more playmaking when he's in the game, probably a lot more uh, shooting off of the dribble as opposed to being able to spot up and, and, and be set when Cade just gets him the ball. Um, and he, But he does score more points, right? 24 a game with Cade out uh, versus when Cade is in uh, this season, averaging about 19.3. So the four points more, 17 and a half points is his points prop. I think it's really, really low. I'm happy with the threes because you get the way better juice. Uh, two and a half for him is, is plus 105 versus the 17 and a half points on DK minus 125. I'd be happy to buy a point and get that to 18 and a half for Boyan uh, and, and then go ahead and get that close to about plus or minus 105 there to get the extra, uh, extra point or excuse me, sell a point there. Go ahead and alternate that total up up a bit to 18 and a half to get better juice uh, and, and get that close to, to even money there as opposed to the minus 125. Yeah, I mean, the fewer three-point attempts, I think, is really a scouting thing from other teams saying you got to run this guy off the line. But the fact that he's getting 24 points per game is, you know, what he's done since he basically burst on the scene with the Pacers to be like, look, you can doubt me because I am I look like a slow white European dude, but I've got a bag, man. And he's he can score at all three levels. Um, you, the, that last 20 point performance against the Clippers was just in 25 minutes with the Jazz. Uh, and it was key because Paul George was out. So if PG is out here, I think you, lo- you got to like Bojan a lot more. Uh, they don't have a great matchup for him other than PG. And uh, also like Reggie Jackson on the Clippers side of things, whether BG sits or not, I think if you can get his props pretty low, but we don't know what they are yet. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who's on one of my fantasy teams, Keldon Johnson, Uh, you know, rebounding at a surprisingly, really a stunningly low rate this year after he was far more effective on the board. So I'm kind of interested in buying low on that. When you look at the, the a game with a 238 total against a Kings team that's eighth in pace, allows the fifth most rebounds, six most points to small forwards this season. Um, Kings are giving up the fourth highest defensive rebounding rate. They don't crash the glass. They play fast. If they're not as hot as they were against the Nets in their last game, there will be plenty of opportunities for Keldon to get over five and a half rebounds. That gets you plus 115. Um, now there's some really intriguing odds for a double double, which he hasn't done since the season opener against Charlotte, but that's another team plays fast, can be hot or cold, kind of like the Kings. He went for 20 and 11. The last time he was in Sacramento last December, 16 and 11. And that was at a game with a 96 pace. Uh, I mean, it's just, you, if you get the ball, to bounce right for you a few times, it's plus 1300 at DraftKings. I don't mind sprinkling a small 
bet on that. I mean, there are notable home road splits here. The Spurs are are worse offensively and defensively on the road. Keldon's his points drop from 24 to 21 and rebounds from six to just four per game on the road. But Kings also score more and are worse defensively at home. Um, so, I mean, the the expected bet here is 21 and a half points. That's why you're getting poor odds. I would rather combine that with the rebounds. You add six rebounds to 27 and a half or just take him to get six rebounds and hope that uh, the ball bounces his way a few more times as Pirtle and Sabonis get uh, locked up down low, uh, those two uh, European giants. <laughs> we'll, we'll hope so. Uh, after Jakob Michael Jordan Pirtle uh, <laughs> dropped a 30-piece uh, the other night in, in a pretty good matchup for him uh, against those Blazers. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what who's really able to put up the points tonight. But I, there's, there's going to be points, man. It's going to be – I think we're all expecting a barn burner, which is why we kind of lean away from touching a seven-point spread. You just really don't know. There's too much fluctuation there. Um, but, yeah, Keldon's looked really good this season, man. He and, and Devin Vassell are for real. Um, those are two really, really good players, and, and they're going to they're gonna find themselves uh, with some pretty long NBA careers, I would imagine, especially the way Keldon is able to be so versatile uh, all over the floor. So uh, I'm going to finish off. I, I already told you guys I'm taking two Pistons here. Jaden Ivey was the obvious other one um, with Cade Cunningham out. Um, it, it's just a matter of what he and Boyan do when Cade is out, dude. That's all I've got for you guys right now. 17 and a half points, even money on DK right there uh, with Cade. 15 and a half a game, pretty close to the 17 and a half already. Three and a half assists. Three and a half free throw attempts with a 22% usage rate. Still some decent numbers for a for a rookie guard in his first like 20 games in the league or 15-ish. Really, really nice numbers. Without Cade, it's even more impressive, dude. It's like rookie of the year shit. It's 19 points a game, five assists, seven free throw attempts, and a 29% usage rate. Um, he does slide over, it seems. Like he's got the he and Boyan are basically mixing point guard duties. You called Killian Hayes one of the biggest busts since Anthony Bennett, if not the biggest. Uh, I argue a little bit right now with that, but that's not the point of this the point is uh he does come in and play a bit more point guard Killian Hayes but it's not like he's getting that much more time or usage or having the ball in his hands it's like we said it's it's Jaden and Boyan with the usage rates going up to close to 30 percent for both those guys so if he's going to play you know 32 minutes with a 30 percent usage rate putting up roughly you know 15 to 20 shots in this game 17 and a half points for Jay Nivey I know we like I, I like an under and I, I really you know I, I don't know I we do like the the Pistons to cover a large spread here especially if Paul George isn't in there but there's really just two guys that you expect to score when Cade Cunningham is out, especially because they're they're two guys looking mostly for their shot. Uh, even though you know, I said Jaden gets a few more assists a game. I'm not even concerned about throwing it in there. He's I'm just concerned about getting him over 17 points tonight uh, against a Clippers team that we're hoping won't have Paul George and that both these props will hit for us. <laughs> I didn't say Hayes was a bust. I said he was the worst draft pick since Anthony Bennett. Uh, because wow. they had the seventh pick and Tyrese mm. Halliburton was sitting there as the obvious choice. They passed, uh, and imagine if this team had Cade and Tyrese Halliburton in the same backcourt. Instead, they had to run it back and take Ivy, who's not a bad consolation prize here with this draft. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's for real, and the fact that he's now playing aside, uh, besides Killing Hayes, who just can't play, uh, certainly couldn't play against the Raptors in the lab matchup, um, and, and the Clippers are also a tough team. Hayes was yanked after, uh, like, just 24 minutes, Mm-hmm. Um, and he had 12% usage rate against the Raptors. And then Alec Burks, your, your boy, the, the veteran easy 20, gets uh, 15 off the bench. Um, I would actually look at the same kind of thing happening here. If you went, if you can get Burks at like nine and a half points and Hayes at like under 10 and a half points, both of those look fine to me because I don't think he could stay on the floor against this Clippers team. 
Yeah, good luck getting Alec Burks props. Might be a nice DFS play if you do think he's going to be in there pre-game as about as cheap as you could possibly imagine. So uh, that is all the time we have for you guys. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. I know it's only a little three-game slate tonight, but there is plenty to choose from in these props, and we will be back with you guys tomorrow. So until we see you next, happy betting.